Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. This is the penultimate podcast of the season. Um, before we get into the, the serious business, I wanted to have a sort of a end of school term feel about this one. You know, we've got our beers, we're all relaxed, it's a nice sunny day outside. Um, in that vein, Paddy in Korea has sent us a question. He wants to know what are the most interesting club names we can think of. Just I know you can probably think of a few in South America. Yeah, right? the Bolivian League the alone. Bolivian. <laughs> you have the strongest royal party. Um, always ready. Always ready is the best. <laughs> that one has to be good. The strongest. Uh, it's, it's just amazing. It, yeah. it's, it's Again, it's good as it gets. Then you have an Ecuador Delfin, which is Dolphin. Dolphin FC, imagine that cute. Uh, and I don't know. Well, the MLS, also many of them like don't make that much sense to, to European fans, I suppose. But yeah, uh, I don't know. There are plenty of them. The Memory Sundowns in Africa too, in yeah. South Africa. There's an African team. I'm not sure where in Africa the from that are called Naughty Boys. Oh, the Naughty Boys. Yeah, yeah. I've got a few more here. There's uh, Deportivo Wanka, which is a big one. Um, Dinamo Bender. Um, the strongest we mentioned. Uh, Deportivo Moron. Oh. Seaman <laughs> yeah. Padang. It's everything I, I can think of, mate. You, you win. <laughs> well, I guess so. Uh, well, there's also... Oh, I just had one, I forgot. Never mind. Insurance Management Bears. That's a real name. Your team name, apparently. Kalamazoo Outrage. Well, even Young Boys Burn, that's a bit... Yeah, it is a little bit. Yeah, yeah. off-putting, isn't it? (laughs) And then then you have Newell's Old Boys. (laughs) Even Red Bull's Outspoke is a bit weird. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's get on with it, shall we? Uh, Welcome to the One Football Podcast. I'm Dan Burke. I'm joined this week by Toby Herman. Hello. Daniel Cadena-Jordan. Hello. And Andrea Agostinelli. Hello. So uh, we're going to have a bit of a whistle-stop tour of three of uh, Europe's big leagues, sort of season review this week. It's going to be the Bundesliga, Serie A and La Liga. Um, We'll start by talking about the champions of each league, and we'll start with the Bundesliga. Uh, Bayern Munich won the title by two points in the end, thanks to a 5-1 win over Eintracht Frankfurt on the final day. Toby, are you happy that your pre-season prediction about Dortmund winning the league didn't come off in the end? I lost money on it, but nevertheless, I'm delighted. (laughs) Don't you owe your cousin money or something, didn't you? Um, Well, because I... I pursued him in um, like early on in this season. I pursued him to actually put money on Dortmund winning the title, and he's a Dortmund supporter. So I, it's like I think it was more moral support than anything else because <laughs> maybe I knew what was coming yeah. at him. But I think actually uh, somewhere late in March he cashed out, so um, we're fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm meeting <laughs> him later on today, so if uh, worst case I'll buy him a beer and we're good. I guess <laughs> that's not bad. Um, the, the game against Frankfurt was perhaps most memorable for the nice little send off that Frank Ribery and Iron Robin got. Um, where do you think they're going to go now? Um, Ribery is probably going to make a move to Qatar somewhere. Like he, he definitely wants to cash in for another bit. Uh, I think Robin is definitely more emotional about it. Like he's seriously considering to just retire, which mm. is fair enough. I mean, like even this season, like he had a few months out with, with injuries again, and yeah. he yeah. probably is asking himself the question: like, is it worth to go on? Um, I think Eindhoven is. Um, still an option on the table but really no idea because he said he's got so many options he just needs to really carefully consider these and yeah so he should do wish him all the best really but mm. it's not going back to Eredivisie because I heard that like Eindhoven it was talking about Groningen as well wasn't it yeah. which is his yeah, old true, club yeah, yeah. Who are Bayern going to replace him with? That's the big question. Let's uh, talk about Leroy Zane. Let's talk about Leroy Zane <laughs> indeed. Oh, what a signing that'd be. I think that'd be uh, fantastic. But, um, well, either way, they need one more 
uh, winger, and it's going to be either Zane or Dybala, I think. Uh, we talked about this yesterday. Yeah, that's kind of like we're, we're connecting dots here a little bit. Um, James has like, been pretty key of, of, you know, not staying at Munich. Mm-hmm. He, wants to he go will back. leave, for he sure. He will leave, yeah. yeah. So uh, Madrid are kind of like, you know, cleaning the closet out a little bit, and they need the money because they really have to revamp the squad. So it seems very likely James won't end up in either Munich or Madrid. Uh, Juventus was kind of like the latest. Like maybe you've, from Italy, you've heard the, like how honest, like and how earnest not is Not about James, but about Dybala leaving. Okay. Yeah. Like, like it's the top name they need cash in order to uh, pay all the new players that are coming in so I think Dybala is the most likely player to, to leave Juve Bayern were rumor almost like even last year last summer it was, yeah. it was Maybe talk, a so bit, yeah. how I think, much would yeah. he go for? sorry? how much would he go for Dybala? Uh, I think Juve will ask around 100 120 I think around 80 will be like a perfect uh, we can piece, do of, 80. piece of cake. We can do 80. We can do 80. <laughs> well, this is it. Uli Hernas has gone on record as saying that Bayern won't pay more than 80 million euros for a player. So yeah. I don't think that you would get Leroy Zane for that money. I think City would demand maybe a bit more. Maybe Dybala, though. I mean, one or the other. Mm. And I think either would be, I mean, phenomenal. Because then, you, on the other hand, you have, uh, you know, Gnabry and Coman who have been, you know, okay and they still have, they're still pretty young. So Bayern overall seems to kind of be grasping what they need in the squad. And that's always a good sign, I suppose. Yeah. Don't want to jump ship, but about Dybala, you need to take in account also Atletico because if oh, they yeah. really get those money for mm. Griezmann, they are gonna go for like a big target and think Dybala will be like you know mm. on the list. Uh, Dortmund just missed out on the title in the end. How do you think they're feeling about their season? Is there a belief that maybe next year could be their year after a strong, strong season this year? Well, or? I mean, obviously they'll yeah. be gutted to mess up the the nine points they were ahead. Um, biggest issue for them, I think, was at the end of the season their defense which um, as good as the transfer business they've done so far, which I suppose we'll talk about mm-hmm. in a bit, um, they really need to ramp up their, their defence and um, maybe even like get more experienced players in there because what I've not seen from Dortmund uh, by the end of the title race is actually being very hungry to, to win yeah. it. They were sort of like after the Schalke game, like Favre said, oh yeah, title is gone. Title they wasn't up, gone, yeah. but then they, they gave yeah. up. And, and, and yeah. I, I, I wanted to think... <clears throat> Well, that would make sense to get all the more experienced um, players in there. Who yeah, you need a Socrates been, yeah. back there, and they then they then replace you know like super teacher Socrates, like yeah. really you know strong leader from behind. Like they never got anyone. But a dirty animal. In defense, yeah, they need a guy like you know that. with yeah. the grid and the and you know the you know strong head to kind of like push through when when things get tough, right? I mean, with Zagadou, Diallo, Akanji, I mean they're all relatively good, and it's debatable how good they can be. But I mean, they're not leaders, are they? I mean, they're still 20, 21, and maybe nineteen. I think. I mean, they're still pretty young, and it's and to ask them to like muster everything in a team that has fully gone forward like it, it's a very unbalanced team when you think of it um, it, it's a lot to ask for a 19 year old 20 year old isn't it, I mean, mm, yeah, exactly. it it's tough to 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 sort it out but they kind of need someone like you say Toby like yeah. someone with a bit more you know experience but let's not career. forget the, the, the football they played over the season was fantastic to oh, watch obviously. Like it's, Beautiful. it's great yeah. um, what a very exciting young team and um, yeah they, they just signed this week Brandt um, Schultz and, Schultz and uh, Hazard, Hazard. Uh, incredible Nothing. business like getting Julian Brandt for 25 million mm-hmm. is incredible and like even Hazard Torgan Hazard obviously for 25 million it's or amazing. maybe 30 like that really yeah. isn't quite clear it's how much they actually what, paid 15, 10 spare yeah. from, from Pulisic money so, with, so it's with, pretty good with, with these like do they have spare money from, from Pulisic with that? It was 60 
64, I think, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so there's still... Yeah, it's incredible transfer business, yeah. like, either way. Um, well done. So get a few defenders in, and they'll definitely next season be a serious contender for and the And perhaps the big game. one as well. There was talk yesterday that Manchester United are not going to pursue Jadon Sancho yeah. after all this summer. So, you know... They, they, they wouldn't let him go him. this summer anyway. That's yeah. I don't... I, I think we talked about this before on the podcast, and I said it, unless someone's offering stupid, stupid money to Dortmund, they're not going to let him go. And um, just, I think, for the sake of making the case to, you know, that the mistakes they've done with the Dembele transfer to, mm-hmm. to um, Barcelona, they just won't let that happen again. And yeah. um, I don't think Sancho strikes me as the guy who would actually uh, be a little diva about it. So um, yeah, He seems reasonable, yeah. Yeah, I think it's in safe. a good place at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 exactly. The Serie A season isn't quite over yet, but the title race has been for some time. Was that a disappointment, Andrea, or was it always to be expected when Juventus signed Cristiano Ronaldo? It was expected, it was a disappointment, because basically the season was over in September. When, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when, when, yeah, when Juventus won a against Napoli I think at that point there were six points ahead and from yeah, that yeah. point on it was like uh, like a walk in the park honestly at some point they play with the players from the second team uh, just before the game against Ajax they have to like play a league game and they just throw a leg throw like a bunch of players from the second team so I think this season tells more about the level that the other teams are rather than Juventus we were, were all expecting a great season but I think Napoli and Inter are Bit beyond behind the point that they expected to be. Honestly, mm. I think that that's my my take from from this season. Yeah, the big story about Juventus at the moment, of course, that Max Allegri's left. Yep. Who are they going to replace him with? Should I be worried about this Pep Guardiola? <laughs> a, a little bit, honestly, a little bit. Uh, to, to that, yeah, I think City has like ofi- officially uh, said that he's not he's not leaving. Mm-hmm. But uh, coming from the Ronaldo summer, there are some parts of the story that make totally understandable that Guardiola is not leaving United, uh, City sorry on the other side you s- there are some parts that are not like completely uh, making the story true but overall I think that right about now Sarri is one of the most likely names mm. I think we should have to wait the Champions League final for, for Pochettino because if he leaves Tottenham and if he leaves on let's say peace agreement then he can be like a real candidate but yeah, I think that right about now, the name is between those three, Sarri, Guardiola and uh, Pochettino. Well, I texted our friend Francesco Porzio this morning <laughs> and said, should I be worried about this? And he said, 0%. Apparently at 2pm today, Manuel Estiate, who is Pep Guardiola's yeah. right-hand man, is going to go on Sky Italy and say it's all nonsense. So. Yeah, but I don't want to put everything on the table, <laughs> but uh, the, the, only, the only thing that we are like, let these things open is that the, the same guy who broke the Ronaldo story and the only journalist who claimed that Allegri was living Juve mm-hmm. is pretty sure that the, at least till the Champions League final, the, this Guardiola story is gonna like grow and grow. Mm-hmm. Not it's not it's not saying like he's the man, but we can rule him out like officially. Mm-hmm. And Juve have been linked in recent days with Sergei Milinkovic Savic. Yeah. Is that gonna happen? Do you think? Uh, pretty easily, yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. Because like uh, last summer, Lazio refused rejected a bit from Milan, and they were sources that say there was another team behind it. Actually, well, it was Juve mm-hmm. because it was due to go last summer. Then with the Ronaldo story, everything uh, stopped. I think yeah, they will find like a, a deal pretty pretty easily, honestly. Because mm-hmm. he was like really really talked about last summer. Yeah, and there's not been that much talk about in this season. No, 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 no. I was, I was, I was uh, actually yesterday when I read the question. I was like, hang on a second, have I heard anything about him all season yeah. long? And I, I don't yeah. think very I little. Heard. Yeah, compared to last season, he had a bit of a disappointed season. But like the second half, he showed again his skills, like the way he can uh, defend the ball, uh, control it, uh, and play uh, with long high balls. 
it, ma- it makes totally sense for Juve to buy him because he's still young. I think he's 24 or 25 years old, so it's worth all the money that they can uh, bet on him. So I think it's a, it's a big deal to, to Juve to get it. I think the fact that they already signed Ramsey, so I yeah. think that mm. the midfield... Is yeah, but get- he's going to be injured all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, injuries were the big problem, was the, has been the big problem for Juve this season in the midfield because they had Kedira as I had that lot of injury problems, Quadrado too, uh, Douglas Costa too, so uh, they have to like reinforce that the, the the midfield and the defense because they thought that with Bonucci they had like a top defense, but it's not the case. Even the the subs are weren't that good, so I think that they will invest big money also on on the defense. Uh, the title race in the Liga was a bit of a non-event as well this season, Danny. Yeah, it was uh, a dull bullet, wasn't it? Yeah. How, how do you think Barcelona feel about their season overall? Having, well, you know, the, the disaster that was the Champions League semi-final. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Uh, I think it comes to a point in Barcelona already where they take domestic you know, success for granted. Mm. It kind of like happens in, in, in Italy, Germany, uh, well, yeah, lesser France. degree, France as well, yeah, mm. a lesser degree maybe in the Premier League with, you know, two or three teams in that case. But uh, yeah, I mean, after eight titles in 11 years, like the Liga is basically guaranteed, isn't it? Mm. During the final for the Copa del Rey, that's also kind of like a... It shouldn't be though, should it? Because they're in a league with Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid. So you would think, you, you think would think, be but... one of the most competitive leagues in Europe, but the it sounds like years, it, yeah, but been, it, it isn't the case. It hasn't been this case this year. It hasn't been the case for a while, actually. Domestically, Barcelona have dominated, as I said, the past decade probably. Um, where they are really frustrated is with the Champions League, as you said, and mm. uh, in the sense that you know Madrid have won four of the last five, and they've won no nothing in the last three at least, mm. and they, haven't, they just made it past quarterfinals for the first time in three years or something like that. So obviously it's the it's the promise that they had the first, at the beginning of the season. Messi, for in his role of captain and the first game of captain in Camp Nou, came out saying we're bringing home the treble. So you know mm. obviously you're not anymore, are you? So mm. uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 a very bittersweet thing of we're good but not that good. Yeah. So yeah, I think Troubles are hard to come by, that's all I'm saying. It's, you know, it takes a very exceptional team to win a treble. That, that's, yeah. yeah, like a European one or a domestic one. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't matter, any treble. Treble is treble, yeah. Even the Mourinho treble, which includes the Community Shield, is a... Oh, <laughs> Thank you, Chelsea. So do, do you think the Madrid clubs will come back stronger over the summer and challenge next season? I don't think it will be the case because both of them have a lot of rebuilding to do. And... Uh, Rebuilding those teams takes a lot of money, takes a lot of time, and uh, it won't be an easy summer for them because everybody knows that Madrid and Atletico are, are going to go all out to buy yeah. big name players because they're going to be selling big name players. So I think Barca is going to have a smoother sale next year than actual this year actually, for the sense that you know everything has to start clicking again. Um, and I don't know to look at it certain ways. Atletico kind of have with with Simeone the whole project and everything, but it's yet another year he doesn't deliver you know major achievements, something other than finishing second for second in a row, which mm-hmm. is in a league as we. We say you know not so not so small but still it's not enough I suppose and Madrid well they just have to get their shit together don't they I mean it's a lot happening backstage they're gonna start building a new stadium as well so I don't know there's a lot of of you know uncertainty of where they stand really next season and it's gonna be a really interesting summer for them mm. I guess who do you think they're gonna get Luka Jovic is he gonna go there well that was the name but apparently Frankfurt's gonna pull a Dortmund and just wait a while they just figured out you know the transfer market is yeah. over in the end of August we're still they, in May they just, I think they're asking for a bit too much money for him as well yeah but yeah. I think just they just want to guarantee 65 solid and maybe some clauses yeah, they, or something like that. Yeah, they could easily get it, but um, yeah. I think they're, they're asking prices like 80, 85, so that's what's rumored. Obviously nothing confirmed. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, that was like the, the go-to name. 
now that he's expensive, they kind of pull back a little bit to kind of re reassess what they want to do. But yeah, I mean, he's definitely, I suppose, the, the go-to player. Extended the contract with Tony Kroos <laughs> and Nacho, so you know, there Ali you must be thrilled. <laughs> Apparently, Varane's going to stay as well. Is he? He said oh, he was going to stay. I think I think it's actually not done what they're doing. Like Zidane is just tying down the pieces he wants to keep, you know, tied down. Yeah. And he's just going to let the rest go. Uh, he's been really like Prez have been really adamant of how cold-shouldered he's been with with the squad throughout his mm -hmm. his second tenure in Madrid, and especially Gareth Bale, right? Oh yeah, the whole Bale thing is just. <laughs> insane isn't it uh, so yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah I mean I think it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what Zidane decides in the end who stays who goes and what he will bring to replace what leaves but yeah it will definitely be worth keeping an eye out for mm -hmm. and where's Griezmann going Barcelona the thing is I think he will go to Barcelona but they have to get rid of Coutinho first and since that isn't as likely as it seems because mm -hmm. it's it's turning out to be kind of like a second Gareth Bale situation um, I think he's just gonna drop Malcolm and sell him and you know make a profit out of him mm -hmm. free up a squad a, a, a spot on the squad and then bring in Griezmann and you know, it'll be Coutinho's decision to stay as a third choice or you know leave mm -hmm. so yeah I think that it's how it'll end up playing because but yeah I think he'll end up going to Barcelona and maybe Maxi Gomez they're going to get from Celta Vigo as well well they kind of have to get both because mm -hmm. for one sense they wouldn't be playing Griezmann out front as they would with Suarez they want Maxi Gomez to play as a second Suarez because Suarez has had you know struggle delivering in all mm -hmm. four fronts uh, and uh, yeah now they kind of it comes, it comes to a point where you're, you know, he's 32, 33 years old already. They need something new, something fresh, and it tells. So mm -hmm. they're going to go for it, I think. And Maxi, uh, sorry, Matisse Delit is uh, another one. Uh, yeah, well, it's going to be an expensive summer, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, I mean, like the agent and the team and everybody, even the like, you know, public relations uh, offices that run them are doing everything in their in their power because you see like, you know, photo shoot like opportunities in Barcelona of him and De Jong mm. romantically strolling down, you know. <laughs> La Rambla. La Rambla, yeah. <laughs> hen and hen. So yeah, it's like, oh, Barcelona is such a lovely destination. Well, of course you want to go. Buying those giant sangrias. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, I think it'll end up happening, but I just don't know how they'll make everything, you know, occur because mm. it's... It, I think it just boils down to the money that they have because sure they're Barca and of course they have a lot of cash but what There's they're proposing like a bit of an attraction to that club and yeah. I'd be a young player and they would call me up with like I don't know how old is the list is he 20 is he 19, 19. 19. Yeah. 19. So, yeah. it must be more than they, flattering yeah yeah I mean, they, they, Barcelona knocks on your door like with the promise of you like being part yeah. of the future yeah. squad and then yeah and it's potentially being part of one of the best football well and there's teams a buddy the of yours there already I mean the young's already yeah, there exactly. so and then the, I mean it makes a lot of sense but well. yeah I mean, it's, it's we're talking about a 400 million summer here I mean it, it's not peanuts is it I mean they have to get rid of yeah. players substantially just not loan out Coutinho they have to sell Coutinho that's mm -hmm. sort of is it because you knew a bit of a problem for them because I like I think Chelsea was being very interested in, in signing him but obviously yeah, but they might know, not be able to screwed, or, they, yeah. or can't actually at the moment yeah. and other than that I can't or don't hear a lot of rumors about where Coutinho is actually that's precisely going the or problem, what club yeah. would be interested in him that's precisely the problem like there aren't that many takers because they know what Barca pay for Coutinho so they would yeah. Want at least something significantly less, maybe just marginally less yeah. than what they paid for him, which is you know 120 plus classes. They'd probably sell for 100, but not many teams have 100 million you know, mm. sitting around for a player who didn't perform that well. Did exactly. Yeah. So I think it, it's boiled down to like risk of signing a player that could be a potential world star, but at the time, you know, at the moment he's just you know just another player in the Barca squad. So. I don't know. It's 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 a very tough decision to make if you're mm -hmm. gambling 100 million on it. I think so. for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's it's complicated. Well, moving back to Germany, we've spoken a lot about Eintracht Frankfurt's glorious Europa League run this season, but there's going to be no European football for them next season. Uh, qualifying though, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, did they? Yeah. Sorry. So seventh place, they have. Um, I they have they to finished. go through the qualifying, yeah. so probably yeah. going to be trolling with. The thing five is, with Germany, it's through. like six uh, solid uh, spots. But mm -hmm. if the if the first player and the runner up of the of the cup are already qualified to Europe, that that place is relegated to the seventh place in the league. 
League. Ah, right, okay. So yeah, and uh, yeah, that happened because it's Leipzig and Bayern there in the in the Champions League. So yeah, they're going to start playing July. For the Europa League. <laughs> in a week, they start Some, playing something again. like that. Probably <laughs> five thousand fans traveling away to these games. Here, you know, something way, way away from Germany. Oh well, good luck to them. Nice seeing yeah. them there again next year. Uh, RB Leipzig will be playing Champions League football. Do you think Julian Nagelsmann can take them to the next level and possibly challenge for the title? So interesting. Yeah. Don't know. I think because um, he didn't do a great job with Hoffenheim this well, season, did he? Really, like, but they, they did, did lose the, a lot the of players. Difference in, in both yeah. squads is significant. Like, yeah, I mean, it's massive. Hoffenheim um, is, is yeah, I mean, they what finished sixth at the end, uh, yeah. which is I think. No, huge I think they missed out in Europe. Actually, it was Wolfsburg winning six. Oh yeah, mm. true. Yeah, they're eighth or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, the, the the squad is so different at Leipzig, and he is um, he is a very capable manager. I think who will. Um, be at least as a threat to to the top two teams Germany next year with Nagelsmann as with, with Rangnick Champions League that's always difficult like really depends on who you're going to draw in the group stage right yeah I think um, also a big factor there is going to be like how the dynamic because he's one of the things about Nagelsmann is he's really tactically savvy and that usually the learning curve with those sort of coaches is usually a lot steeper right like it takes longer to get used to a guy yeah. that is able to move his team like he does in the yeah. games like he switches formations four times during a match even um, and Leipzig team for as young and, and talented as it is well has to to get used to that sort of thing and then there's yeah. a Ragnik question who is you know power hungry the whole time and you know it's a and stubborn coach it's also a question what's going really to happen to that actually. squad in the summer yeah. like Werner sure. is going to leave um, I think Forsberg staying maybe but not, that's not that guaranteed but Forsberg I don't know is Milan still up for it Cause but who sorry Forsberg you can rule out Milan right now about that yeah because last summer they were like yeah. all over him weren't they mm. so yeah, yeah right. like Werner um, I think it's actually confirmed that he's going to leave yeah <laughs> Um, most likely seems Bayern as a destination. Fingers crossed. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, by Leverkusen back in the Champions League next season. Peter Bosch has done a pretty good job there after the sort of disaster Fantastic. at Dortmund. Yeah. yeah. Um, what like what he's done very well in Dortmund was obviously the the attacking football, but his defense was shit. But he got it a bit together now with Leverkusen. Yeah. And um, apart from from Brandt leaving like that, is still a very exciting squad. I mean, Kai Havertz, like what a season that man! Amazing had. player. Um, yeah, we were seeing the numbers yesterday. Yes, we, we checked it. Like he had what twenty goals all season, in all competitions, Amazing. and like seven assists or so for a nineteen-year-old. Mm. Uh, he's got 96, 97 Bundesliga games. Um, uh, um, yeah, played already. already yeah. Um, it's, what a player! Like, really looking forward to to see Leverkusen. Um, yeah, and they already signed Demir by as well. So, yeah, with um, them, with him, they have a good replacement for Brandt. Alario uh, seemed to have picked up by the end of well, the season, yeah. like probably. Um, Folland as well. Um, I mean, all these very talented players, like in attack, Leverkusen has their, they very better, very much benefit from the football they play under Bosch. And yeah. um, if he can keep it together, like not make the same mistakes as he's done with Dortmund, like. Um, while not being able to defend as a team <laughs> um, they could not be a real threat at the Champions League but maybe make it out of the group, the group stage yeah. and then um, yeah we'll see how they get on in Bundesliga mm. you mentioned Wolfsburg there their coach is leaving Bruno Labbadia yeah. could be going to West Brom apparently yeah he said actually wow. like, that he's yeah. not going to take any job in, in, in Germany mm. and yeah why not I mean well, good for him there's probably very pretty wax in West Brom as well because he's got a bit of a reputation <laughs> don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a bit of a reputation that um, in the past he got on with his players' wives or whatever. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> interesting. What a charmant guy, eh? Wishing you the very best of luck, <laughs> yeah. uh, In Italy, uh, it's the, obviously the final day of the season to come this weekend. Yep. Uh, we've got it- it- Atalanta, Inter, Milan and Roma 
all yep. potentially going for the, the final Champions League spot. How do you think that's going to work out? I think Atalanta and Inter will go. Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't see any big fall-up because even uh, with all the combinations, Atalanta and Inter got the most chances. So I think that they will, mm. they will go, yeah. How's the season been for your your boys, AC Milan? <laughs> He laughs. <laughs> Roller coaster, honestly. <laughs> we went from the European ban from UEFA, and in my end with the European ban from UEFA, so it's going to be like really hot summer, honestly. Uh, at some point, I was pretty sure that Milan was going into the Champions League because they were third. I think it was the end of March. From that point on, they won just one game out of seven, and they slipped away, and now they have to regret if they don't qualify, honestly. And yeah, that, that's all. Like, yeah, it's been pretty. Painful. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, do you think Gattuso will stay? One week ago, I was pretty sure he was leaving. Now I'm not so sure. <laughs> now because everything is related uh, to Ronaldo, Leonardo, the sport director. Oh, yeah. They had like uh, their relationship is not that good, and now it's really likely that uh, Leonardo is gonna is gonna leave. So if he leaves, then the the chances that Gattuso staying will get uh, will raise. But they had already rumors about uh, Di Francesco against Sarri, Gasperini. So, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Everybody. The, 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 the transfer rumor about coaches in Italy is pretty, it's pretty like, big because U.S. change, Inter mm. probably is going to change, Roma is going to change, Milan is going to change. Between the top six, I think only Napoli will have the same coach now, <laughs> no, next season. Amazing. Bundesliga next season starts half of the teams with new managers. And it's that's amazing. just confirmed so far. And there's yeah, yeah. still in the mix with no, that. I, I think so, that's uh, true. Yeah. Mm. It's insane. On well, Spain too. I mean, it's, it's everywhere now. Yeah. Between the top 10, I don't know. I don't know if it's like the 50%, but I'm, I'm, we are sure that like at least the first six, seven, they will have a new, new coach. Yeah. So it would be really interesting. Yeah, in Germany it's exactly 50%, nine of, out of 18 teams. Everyone's just rolling the dice all the time now. Yeah. Right? Basically, <laughs> like, I mean, it, it tells a lot of what Modern Football is about, like, you know, yeah. not giving yeah. projects the time to like, mm-hmm. you know, become a project. Do we have yeah. to feel a bit more sorry for managers these days? I think we ought to. I think, I think it's a very, very underappreciated job what they do. And they oh, get a lot of shit for what they do. Yeah. Like, like one mistake is worse. Like, it's just as bad as being a keeper. Like one yeah. mistake, it's all it takes. Isn't and it? if a team plays well, you know, you give the credit mostly to the players. Basically, yeah. If they play shit, the managers <laughs> fold. <It's laughs> but equally, like managers, they get fired, and then within you know a couple of months at, least, at most, they've got yeah. a new job again. Most true, of the time, yeah. Yeah. so it's not yeah. like. Well, there aren't that many either. Like you know, top yeah. level coaches, yeah. you could say arguably there's like what fifty that are like really, really good, yeah. and then the pool kind of you know goes down. Sometimes a they bit. even fall upwards, like Claudio Ranieri. This oh yeah, season <laughs> was dreadful at Fulham, and then got the Roma job. Like, yeah. no, nah, I mean for me. Was like the like it was the right man at the right the right moment because yeah. uh, is somebody who doesn't want any guarantees about the future uh, is there just for Roma because he loves Roma he speaks English which is a big part because Di Francesco couldn't speak English at all and mm. it was a big deal with all foreign players so it was like the perfect man to be to be there who doesn't care about uh, any future he just want result and I think it it was crazy but for like. Four or five games it worked out. Then mm-hmm. they almost lost in January. They roll out from the top four. They mm-hmm. were really close to qualify for the Champions League. Honestly. Yeah. Well, speaking of Roma, Daniele De Rossi is going to say goodbye yeah. to them uh, this weekend. Do we know where he's going yet? There was some rumor about MLS. Uh, I think it was... I can't see him in MLS. He seems too sort of fiery for that. You know. It's... Yeah, I mean, in... <laughs> too, too much fire for cancer. Yeah. I mean, he's not, not Perlo, is he? Like Perlo no, just no, no. kind of strolled around I mean, for a bit. Uh, so overall, I have to say that this is the biggest mistake Roma could have done because. 
you can't let the Rossi go on. Uh, it's not totty, it's not polarizing. Uh, he was there. He even asked like a like a contract that paid only on the game he, he would have played. So oh, wow, that's what he asked for. Yeah, wow. that is loyal. And they did not. They didn't offer him nothing. They said you're you're out. And he said I sh- I could have accepted like a like a this kind of contract and. The rumor is that they call him after two hours, say, okay, we're going to give you that. And he say, no, no, you just, wow. you just told me to go and I'm leaving. I would be furious as a The Roma day after they, they, had this, Obviously, I mean, they had this press conference, there was Roma's CEO uh, w- with him. And, and basically, the Rossi told, told uh, not, not the story about the contract, but the fact that they, were, they weren't offering any contract. And he said, they offered me a role into the board. But I told him, if I'm in the board, I want to give him myself a contract as a player. <laughs> Re- really, he really what, what a legend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he went really, really hard. <coughs> and honestly, part of me believes that he was still playing Serie A, honestly. Mm. Uh, Lazio? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, said, I said the other, the other um, day to, to Francesco, um, I said uh, he's going to maybe go to Juve because like um, the, the other day the Juve fans were holding up that banner yeah, no, like, he's a resp- sort of he's appreciation of, of, yeah. of the guy and that reminded me a bit of the situation the with thing. Ronaldo. Yeah. I thought maybe is there something going on. <laughs> it's true, yeah. I don't no, think it's going to happen. Because the guy is respected like between all, among all the yeah. all the fans, like yeah. even Lazio fans that say true true competitor. Legend, yeah. yeah, really, because he's pick out his mind like with, with, all, with no problem. Problems. So I've he said that he will still play. I think if he's not Serie A, he will land somewhere in uh, Europe. Don't know where, honestly. He just say I'm focused on Roma till the end of the season. Then I will decide. So fair enough. Whatever it is, I think. Uh, he deserve another chance, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Lazio as well, they won the Coppa Italia. Is yep. uh, Simone Inzaghi a, a coach to keep an eye on? Do you think is he a good up and comer? He was rumored to to Juve. I think he will stay at Lazio mm. by the end. Yeah, because I don't think he will move to to Juve. Uh, this season has been a little bit uh, as as I told you for Milenkovic. Overall, the last season has been a bit worse than last season when they were really close to qualify for the Champions League. But they won the Coppa Italia. The second part of the season was quite better so I think that he, he will have another contract to, to be fair and Lazio is always like uh, really good on the transfer mark they always get those names that nobody cares about like they had uh, Korea the, this summer mm. and it's great it's really really great it made it made uh, like a big difference so so we'll see we'll see I think it will stay honestly yeah. and what's been the secret to Atalanta's success this season uh, the physician okay <laughs> <laughs> no really they, they, the, if you see like an Atalanta game you and if you like a little bit of knowledge of Serie A, <laughs> you see that they run faster, harder, and yeah, I mean, uh, Gasperini is like a kind of a wizard because those players are not the level of Champions League level, like Castagne, Atebor, Teron, like those are not players that should be playing the Champions Middlesbrough League. Middlesbrough legend, Martin Lewis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the Bielsa of the Serie A. <laughs> kind of, yeah, but like he creates like an environment that works fine, the players like lo- loves the game and well, yeah. That's what matters in the end, I suppose. Like yeah. he created, he fostered a, a real team spirit and that's what you see, what you're saying. It's I a mean, very competitive and, you know, fighting, you know, feisty team. For me, it? it's like, I mean, I'm, overall I'm a bit disappointed with all the Serie A season because of a lot of things that uh, happened but Atalanta is the only good takeaway that I have from from this season honestly mm-hmm. well in Spain it was Valencia who just crept into the Champions League spots how do you think the uh, the job Marcelino has done 
But what do you think of that so far? Well, two years into his Mustaya. Overall, it's very, very positive. When you see the arc of you know Valencia's growth throughout past years, it's amazing. It's but, better than Gary Neville. Are we saying that? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a tad, just a little tad. Um, but no, I mean the season was really a frustrating one for Valencia. At some point, there were like 15 games in, 12 draws, one win, and two defeats. Like it was that sort of season that just for some reason nothing clicked, mm-hmm. right? So Gales was injured for a while. Um, Santimino wasn't scoring. Like nothing was happening at the team. In comes Winter. Marcelino, I don't know what he did at the team. He's, like the, the pep talks and like what he changed there. Pachuayi left. Maybe that was one of the factors. Like he was willing to like cut off players that, in spite of the talent mm-hmm. and weren't delivering. He was able to do that sort of decision. Um, I think it, it, they mustered some courage and in the end, well, they're finished fourth in the league, like the Spanish league. They, uh, they're in the final of the Copa and they managed managed to have a decent run in the Europa League so all in all I think it's very very positive for them mm. uh, Sevilla finished sixth they'll have the indignity of doing a Manchester United and playing in the qualifying rounds for the Europa League <laughs> uh, but Hitafe finished fifth yeah talk to me about their season well that was it was really interesting I mean it was one of those small teams that just had a very simple concept of the game you know let's, let's just use standard situations to cut the edge over the rest and they did it marvelously like you would know when the game would like turn the tide because of the amount of fouls they were, they were provoking their, their opponents to do and eventually out of those 15 fouls three are really good chances one was a goal and maybe that was enough to win the game mm-hmm. so um, it was a very simple concept a very you know uh, methodical approach to football it wasn't that uh, you know glamorous or spectacular as you would normally associate Spanish football with but it worked and uh, there they are uh, above Sevilla who had you know a terrible year but uh, yeah overall Hetafe story is I think one of the, the the nice embellishments of the Spanish league this season mm-hmm. I think and Sevilla are going to appoint a new coach. Well, oh, yeah, it, both Sevilla teams have to Betis as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and talking Sevilla, it's it's weird because both like Setien and Machin left on so bad terms with with the fan bases that press is actually starting to stipulate and you know starts to flirt with the idea of just doing a good old switcheroo. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, why not? pull out yeah, a swap. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so and it could end up being Setien at Sevilla and you know Machin at Betis. Um, and I don't think, and we were talking about this in the Spanish team yesterday. Like I don't think anybody would. Actually actually mind that occurring because you know neutral fans are going to be interested and see what happens and Sevilla fans are just going to be happy machines at you know Betis and mm. you know they, they brought in the other guy who's theoretically better and, and that sort of thing besides concept wise they kind of fit better uh, crisscross I guess mm-hmm. uh, going back to the Bundesliga at the bottom end of the table Hanover and Nuremberg both went down they could be joined by Stuttgart who play the first leg of their relegation playoff against Union Berlin tonight they will. Toby what's could you explain what this playoff thing is all about to those who, who don't know? It's not that common, I don't think. In um, basically, the the third last of the Bundesliga is um, playing the third team of the Zweite Bundesliga, mm-hmm. second league, and um, they have a two-leg playoff. Who's going to stay? Um, which is absolutely nonsense because between those teams, these are basically six um, spaces. Like yeah, yeah. and yeah. Um, I think in the last six years, always the the um, the first league team. Wanted, and I think that's going to happen this year again. As much as I want Union to to um, yeah. get promoted, just for the sake of the the Berlin derby, and also like they've got a fantastic uh, ground, great atmosphere. Yeah, the spirit. But um, Stuttgart, the squad, it's just so much bad in theirs, and I think it'd be a huge surprise. And um, our colleague Helge has written a piece about why Union um, may actually be uh, have a chance to beat Stuttgart over two legs. And one of the um, reasons he said is a ve- very valid one. It's statistics. Because 
it has to happen yeah. at some point, hasn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it yeah. Like yeah. Six yeah. years yeah. in a row, the the, the 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 first league team won. So there, there has to be the point where actually the second yeah. league team is going to win. I mean, the it. fact and that they played the second leg at home make like a little yeah, and made, like, it's, it's I, a little I guess we've all been there. Yeah, at their, at their it's, it's, it is intimidating. If you're a neutral, the fans. atmosphere it's there. It's amazing. On, it's great. Um, what is it? Sunday, I think it's the Sunday mid-afternoon. That'd be absolutely amazing. I'd love to go, honestly. Yeah, but tickets. We were talking about this. It's hell over there. You got to appreciate it there and yeah. sell the tickets to their members like and that's oh obviously I mean, they've stuck they've stuck a thick and thin yeah. let them have the moment of glory I mean they might end up being you know the day they qualify to first division on yeah. the brink of their 100th anniversary that's the other thing next year is their 100th really? anniversary yeah. as a team yeah, yeah. wow so um, it's 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 a really a like you know it's a fairy tale exactly yeah. it's a very you know telling tale and a very nice narrative so, so. Re- regardless of the, the result tonight I think the game on Sunday will be worth watching um, mm-hmm. just for the atmosphere itself because like even if, yeah, if one year it's going to go down 2-0 3-0 um, it's going to be loud as hell um, yeah. the, the crowd will give absolutely everything and I think that is something like if, if you love football you, you have to watch that game if not for the actual game because it's going to be horrible yeah. I cannot really tell <laughs> um, but the atmosphere will be absolutely smashing and True. were like 4,000 people to Bochum I think that it, it was, was more like, it was 6,000 six to yeah. 8,000 wow. people I think uh, wow. in, the, in the ground so on their last match day they, um, when you played uh, in Bochum um, and, oh god what a game like they were 2-0 down so yeah. Paderborn lost their away game so Union needed one more goal and um like the scenes it was 95th minute of, of injury uh, 95th minute oh, we were of watching the game that one in the office yeah. Yeah. and uh, one of the union guys is just literally <laughs> having a free shot on target and that <laughs> that Bochum keeper somehow saved it yeah. and um, because of that Paderborn got promoted and um, then they all went to Mallorca for like a few days <laughs> and they all went there with the jersey of the Bochum keeper very <laughs> <laughs> oh, good class actor I was about to say you should sign that guy yeah, right? yeah. he's a legend already playing Paderborn <laughs> this, this is how they celebrate Bochum and I think um, there was, that's lovely yeah um, the, the um, official Bochum Twitter account asked um, basically tweeted their address and then at SC Paderborn saying that's where you can send a beer <laughs> not sure that I've done it really but yeah I'm, yeah. I'm sure they, 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 there is a beer or two for the, for the Brooklyn squad in for that yeah, well done especially there, yeah. for the goalkeeper yeah. <laughs> you see they do the same uh, relegation playoff thing in the Netherlands uh, this weekend it's De Graafschap versus SC Cambor um, for the chance to play in the Eredivisie next season the interesting thing about it is that the De Graafschap coach Henk de Jong has agreed to take over at Cambor next season Ooh, so if his team, yeah if his team loses then he'll be managing the Eredivisie next season if his team wins he'll be managing in the second division next season wow that'll be <laughs> how crazy that's is that? a bit of a no brainer if it's you think you just about <laughs> yourself as, as a professional yeah. obviously like there's no, yeah. no question what, what what you should be doing yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Only a Manchester City fan wouldn't react like that. Oh, <laughs> that's a low blow. That is a low blow. Sorry, I should have said Liverpool. <laughs> uh, well, Cologne are also back in the Bundesliga next season, which is really? nice to see. Um, Hamburg aren't, though, I guess. <laughs> you must be quite pleased about that. Aren't we all? Um, well, that, the, the, the joke's on them, really. Um, yeah. Really, everybody expected for them to, to get a straight first or even second with Cologne. Mm. But absolutely bottle it at the end of the season. Um, I don't know why exactly that happens to them. What 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 is this this this, this I don't know. thing that they have? Yeah, this habit of fixing what's not broken. Yeah. Like the team was doing just well. They fired yeah. tits. We've had tits out. The best. Tits out, mate. Tits, yeah, tits, tits were out. out. And, what happens uh, when you get your tits out, man? It's yeah, once it runs tits, well. <laughs> once tits out, uh, you got you know they bring in Hannes Wolf and he just tanked it. In. And they had the best manager in the in the yeah. league actually. And well, maybe not the best squad, but definitely a squad that you know should be playing first league football. And they somehow bottled and for. 
Hamburg, it's really all back to the drawing board now and don't make it another year because otherwise they're going to be the zweite Bundesliga dinosaur at some point, which yeah. I suppose they, they don't want to bring the clock back nah. for that. <laughs> uh, in Serie A, uh, Chievo, Frosinone both down already. Uh, Genoa have the chance to stay up on the final day and they could drag Empoli or even Udinese down. How do you see that Fiorentina one Fiorentina too. Fiorentina. The, yeah. Isn't there a massive goal difference though with Fiorentina? No, it probably is more with, with Udinese. Because, right. And the cool thing is that Fiorentina and Genoa is playing uh, together. Uh, I don't know. Like honestly, I don't know how this will, will go down because Fiorentina, has, I think, has just won one out of 13, 14 games mm. in the last 14 games. And Genoa, basically the, the Milan same. stole Genoa's best player in January as well, so you must feel yeah. slightly guilty yeah. about all this. <laughs> and actually, the, the, only, the only, like, I don't know like how they did the math when the Genoa sold Piontek, honestly. They felt like, okay, we are pretty safe, we can, we can do that. But it didn't turn out the, the way they, they planned. Same for Fiorentina. They fired Pioli like two months ago while the team was still quite competing for the European spot. They were in the semi-final of the Coppa Italia. And then when all went wrong. And now to, to tell you how wrong are things in Fiorentina, uh, Montella during the last game against Parma, he punched like, uh, you know, the, the banner uh, next to the, to the bench. The banner f- fall down and he hit like one of the stewards. So now we got two the two games banned for he will not be the coach on uh, on Sunday. <laughs> so yeah, but I think that I don't know if I have to take a name, I would say Genoa. Go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that they have to win at least to have a chance. And if Empoli wins, I think, or draw against Inter, they have to win two 0 against the uh, Fiorentina right. away. So. I think that tricky, there's not it, yeah. so many chances. Yeah, I think that they will done. But in any case, how this season will end for Genoa and Fiorentina, this will be like a really, really big disappointment because they create like a fracture with the fans, the fan base, the perception of the of the media, and I think that they wasted whatever advantage of whatever they create. Like even Montella, if the in Fiorentina, if he granted like a spot for next season, he already like wasted his old bonuses. First defeat, it might you might be gone. Hmm. So I don't know. I don't know if things will turn out honestly. Yeah. In Spain, we'll be saying goodbye to Rayo Vallecano, Huesca, and Girona. What happened to Girona this season? Well, they, they did lost, quite well last year, didn't they? Yeah, but top they lost. Half, did they all last it was, season? Yeah, it was top half barely missed out on the, on the European spots. If I mm. don't remember, if I remember correctly. Uh, well, they lost their coach, lost many key players. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it was it was. People weren't expecting them to go down, but definitely to be a lot worse than they were this year. So mm-hmm. it was, and yeah. Of course, one of Manchester City's sister clubs, for those who, who don't know. Yeah, yeah so. it was one of the sister clubs. So obviously a lot had a lot to do with the business uh, during the transfer window. And uh, it, yeah, it just complicated everything. Uh, mm-hmm. The coach left as well. So the team was left kind of like stranded with no project, no real names to rely on. And they weren't smart enough, you know, using the advantages of being part of the, of the Man City club confederation, let's call it that. Um, <laughs> Uh, they didn't use that wisely, uh, and they didn't buy any actual, you know, replacements for the thing. So I don't know. It was basically a, a, a told story in the end. Mm. Any truth to this rumor that Marcelo Bielsa might be going to Girona? Well, he's also supposed to go to Roma, and he's supposed to, I don't know, visit us tomorrow at some point in the office. <laughs> like, oh, cool. yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Like he's supposed <laughs> to be everywhere now. He's he's Waldo at this point. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, he's staying. As far as I know, you could, as a Leeds fan, Toby, you could probably tell me more. But I think he's staying over there in England. I don't see I any truth it's, whatsoever. It's, it's a bit of a money thing because he's earning like three million pounds yeah. a year, I think, in yeah. Leeds. Yeah, I mean, and for, for Leeds, that's quite huge investment every year. Um, yeah. So there is, um, I know that there, um, uh, Patriziani and um, 
uh, and Bjelsen and Ortega I think they're going to have a chat this week and okay. basically you want to decide what to do um, there's also yeah, Bielsa I think has requested a few things like players and uh, amendments to the training ground and whatnot. also I think that's all out this week and then hopefully they agree and just keep paying him three million like take my money for the sake <laughs> of it really um, but yeah obviously if, if Roma like they offer him way exactly. more money um, but yeah. we also know that Bielsa isn't quite the guy who's just going there for the money so um, there's hope left that he's actually going to stay in Leeds and um, yeah, yeah we'll see because Girona going back to them real quick I mean it's they're offering them like they would offer him basically what Leeds offered them the year before so mm. why would he take over the same project twice in a row if he could just stick to the same one and you okay. know see yeah. it to fruition I mean because Girona's team is yeah. well not you know Leeds was not directly demoted from first division these guys are uh, so probably the hunger of, of going back to first division is maybe a bit more ambitious in that sense mm-hmm. but at the same time like I said I mean players are gone there's not that much to build around so it really isn't that yeah. enticing to coach also in a league that is quality wise a, a worse second division of the championship mm-hmm. I reckon. And, and also like to come back to Bielsa and Leeds like I was yeah. always meant to be a two years project so yeah, true. Um, I, yeah. I can't see him walking out and he feels good enough in Leeds I mean like um lots of people over there you just hear the nicest things of him like wherever he sits in a in a coffee place talking <laughs> tactics with his team like people approach him he's always taking time for a chat for a picture and stuff mm. um, what a guy so, so he doesn't seem to be like oh why would I leave this but you know you can't just yeah, can't look yeah. into his head even, like, even, so the Roma, gonna... even the Roma story hasn't like a, yeah. there wasn't any follow up it was just an got me like what the fuck he came out we were like expecting some more rumors the day after but he like it was gone by, by the end of Sunday that's B- it. Bales has many things, but predictable isn't one of them, is it? No, <laughs> Call him the madman for a reason. <laughs> Uh, we got a couple of cup finals to look forward to this weekend. Yeah. First of all, in Spain, there's Barcelona v Valencia in the Copa del Rey. How do you how do you see that one panning out, Danny? Well, I'm really surprised with the attitude Valencia have towards the game because every single player that's come out, even the coach Marcelino, they've been really adamant of we have a shot. Like Barcelona have weaknesses, we know what they are. We we, we got to figure it out. Like they're really adamant, letting you know that it's not going to be a, a lopsided game. But then again, this is not the first time this happened that season, has it? So mm. I think it's just going to be the same old story, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, you have Messi and and the end what can you do to stop the guy I mean fucking Virgil van Dijk of all guys like the talented yeah. most expensive full center back in the world said I would never like to play in Spain as long as Messi is still there so yeah. what chances are there you know Gonzalo Guedes knows something about defending against Messi that van Dijk doesn't mm-hmm. so I don't know I think it's just going to be the same old story of a you know good game but then Messi you know last 10 minutes <laughs> scores 8 goals 5 of them from free kicks 3 tunneling the goalkeeper and yeah here we are again drawing board because you know Messi so yeah I think it's just and even even if they lose I think it's good for, for Valencia I mean reaching the final and like I said you know a good run in the Europa League a fourth place in the league it's a good positive season and they needed that I mean it's been a while since we've heard about Valencia as an actual you know team to keep an eye out for mm-hmm. so all in all I think that winning the cup would be amazing but if they lose it it's not tragic either I think they'll be fine if they lose to Messi's Valencia so, mm-hmm. uh, Messi's Barcelona so yeah basically that mm. and in Germany we've got uh, the DFB Pokal final Bayern Munich versus RB Leipzig you looking forward to that one Toby? should be a great game actually yeah, yeah. like um, Leipzig had a great season like um, their defence is really really good I think um, the team that conceded least goals in Bundesliga season uh, their first cup final ever so like they actually could clinch the first ever silverware in their 10 years club's history wow um, and I think for Bayern it would be title number 19 but um, yeah I, I, I think I Bayern will go out ahead this one should be an exciting game it's nothing going to be like 3-4 or something like that but um, yeah the past um, 
games between two of them always show that these are really cracking games mm. and yeah. Um, yeah the final should be really really good can't see it all the way to, uh, going to penalties actually mm. the last final was a good one wasn't it last year with Eintracht Frankfurt it yeah. was good not, not for you personally for, for, yeah, it depends on where you're sitting here it's argument but it was a good game Everyone. Daniel <laughs> <laughs> sorry I won't mention the playoff semi-finals so well, okay. maybe later <laughs> well like we did with the Premier League last week uh, we're going to hand out some end of season awards from your respective leagues now so we'll start with the player of the season you can go first Andrea from Serie A uh, we'll name two Ilicic and Quagliarella Quagliarella had a yeah the guy's scorer. 47 years old yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but probably Ilicic is the real MVP because he's playing like <clears throat> wonderful mm. like for Atalanta he creates like a lot of chances it's just wonderful I think a few clubs could be sniffing around him this summer uh, Napoli they, they already had an agreement with him they're gonna they are gonna wait the end of the season in order to find a, a deal with Atalanta but it seems likely he's going to, to Napoli mm-hmm. From the Liga, I would have to say Messi. I mean, what? Who? <laughs> yeah, this this up and coming talent from uh, this uh, Barcelona team, I think, or something like that's called. Yeah, um, yeah, obviously. I mean, the team that won the league, very, very handsomely, might we say, uh, and the player that was deciding factor in every single key, key game they had for the season. So I think it goes without saying that it has to be him. I mean, mm-hmm. no goalkeeper, no defender, no midfielder was even you know decent enough to like even match what he did for attack wise. Uh, in their own respective duty so yeah has to be Lionel Messi mm-hmm. Bundesliga I go with Kai Havertz actually um, good one um, yeah we mentioned early on like 19 goals I think it was 16 17 goals in Bundesliga alone uh, four assists he's 19 he's got nearly 100 caps um, he really stepped up this this season as well taking responsibility and again he's just 19 weeks amazing to watch mm. Uh, you think he'll yeah. stay at Leverkusen this summer? He will stay this summer, but next uh, year he'll be gone. And um, I think, yeah, Bayern obviously is favourite to sign him. Um, talks are around 65, 70 million. But for a future Ballon d'Or winner, like you pay that. Yeah, it's not that yeah, much, honestly, but <laughs> for the numbers you like, just yeah, roll out. Just, I mean, like, it's insane we're saying that, but. Yeah. We're um, talking the same money about Dybala, and it's yeah, like, true. Yeah. Five years down on the scene. Nothing. That's what you got to pay. <laughs> <laughs> Manager of the season, Andrea. Gasperini, Atalanta, of course. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they, they are fourth. They, I told you, they, they run faster than anybody. The offensive style they have is just amazing. If, he, if they play in the Champions League and they got Manchester City in the, in the same group, just look after from some Guardiola quotes, like mm. about if he's not going oh, to yeah. Juventus, some quotes <laughs> about that. Oh, yeah, he's one of my favorite coaches. Like, like the way he treated Sarri back then when he was in, uh, in Napoli. Uh, and La Liga, Tommy? I would go with Jose Guardalas from Hetafe. Obviously, you know, no one saw them coming fifth place in the league. Kudos, the guy figured something out and uh, he used it marvelously. So good for him. Indeed. And Bundesliga? Um, I'd go with Florian Kofeld from uh, Werder Bremen. Nice um, one, too. Yeah. Missed out just on Europe, but still, like, what a, a nice bloke. He is very down to earth, very grounded. Um, and there's also lost, lost his job like he says a lot of you know right things he does a lot of the things he does he does it right um, yeah I think Bremen next season will be really a team to, to look out for and yeah. um, this season already um, yeah definitely my manager of the season nice signing of the season Ronaldo <laughs> yeah now I mean he live up the, like the, the hype around him uh-huh. like uh, he's, he's still the only one who wants to play for Juventus while everybody has already their heads in the for in the holidays he's the one who yeah. wants to score win games like yeah if we were expecting like a little drop compared to what he has done in Madrid, there wasn't any any drop. It would mm. just been like perfect. But you won't be winning Father of the Year after whacking no. the head with the trophy last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for you, Danny. 
Well, I was been a bit parted with this. I was thinking, well, yeah, it has to be like a, a Bayern play or something because they won the league or anything. But then again, you do kind of think that you know you kind of you have to give the credit to it is. And I think Paco Alcácer, arguably not the biggest sounded name or anything. First season in, in Germany, he's basically a poacher more than anything. A, a second, you know, last ten minute kind of guy. He managed to score 16 goals, so good to him, I guess. Mm. Um, I mean, Jovic is technically in the league for his second year. I was uh, asking you for the Liga. Yeah, I was, I was oh, just sorry. thinking. <laughs> should I, should I, should I, should I do sorry. the La Liga one now? Sorry, sorry. sorry <laughs> I just went adrift. That would be um, interesting to listen to me now. Yeah. No idea, guys. Well, <laughs> who is your sign of the Liga, Toby? Oh, I, sorry about that one. Sorry. About that. Well, Danny, huge brain fart. Bundesliga answer. Huge, huge brain fart there. Sorry about that. Uh, no, I'll just... Uh, La Liga would have to be definitely... I don't know. <laughs> I can't think of one name that was like Tresset, like completely made a difference. Nikola Kalinic. Kalinic, yeah. <laughs> huge, huge name. But I don't know. I think, honestly, just because out of default, you would have to like go with one of the like, Barca signings, whatever. Mm. Like Lingley ended up having a really nice trajectory this season. Vidal? Plus. True. Vidal was interesting, but he was never. Arthur? Arthur, it, happened, it was, I think, crisscrossed. Vidal mm. got better. Arthur kind of stabilized and stuck there. I think Lingley went from a really humble starting point as, you know, the, the guy behind Umtiti to becoming a full reliant guy at the end of the season, which, mm. you know, they well, we had Umtiti on the market for a huge, huge time, didn't we? So I think, I think Lingley would be a, a decent call for that. Go on then, Toby. Unless Danny's already stolen your answers. <laughs> uh, difficult one. Like either, either Kostic, uh, either Kostic for Frankfurt, or I think even more important was uh, Axel Witzel for Dortmund. Because um, I was, mm. I mean, I knew that he's a great player, but um, really surprised him coming from from China and then like stepping into a team like being the boss in the midfield. Um, yeah, it made a huge difference uh, for Dortmund season. So I think I go with Witzel. Yeah. Nice D- disappointment of the season. So this can be a player, a team, a manager, a match, anything. What to me. If for Serie A was the way Federation has tackled racism. Mm. Like since December on, they had like different views on different cases why we needed like uh, a standard measure, like they w- the question should be tackled in the same way. They went really hard against Inter for the Koulibaly case. Then all of a sudden, it was, racism was not the most important uh, uh, argument. Which club was, was it with Moise Keane? Cagliari. Yeah, and they just let them off completely. Yeah, yeah. They, they had, we're going to have further investigation. Nothing happened. Uh, as there was some racism around uh, Milan Lazio for all the chance against Bakayoko. I think if you dig down a little bit during the season, you will see a lot of teams are involved in this racism case and mm-hmm. the Federation just let him go, honestly. Danny, your disappointment of the La Liga, La Liga. season. Okay. <laughs> Please. Would, I think it would have to be Real Madrid overall. I mean, it's a team, well, for, there's first, it's the worst season in years, in decades actually. Uh, 12 defeats in 38 games speaks very poorly of a third place. Uh, and like the whole dynamic of things, the players, they couldn't be asked about anything. I mean, mm-hmm. what could they, the coach system didn't really work. Sidan came in as sort of like a last minute solution and he ended up performing worse than, than, than Solari. Yeah. And Solari was performing worse than Lopetegui. So you could see that the solutions were worse so the they problem. kept Lopetegui maybe Nicholas would have been right and they would have gone for the trouble probably <laughs> no I don't think so but like overall I mean everybody had a really bad season there Courtois did not have an, a particularly interesting first season did he um, none of the styling Odriozola didn't do any much Mariano was injured half the season and 
the whole environment regarding around Real Madrid was that of a very very harsh criticism towards what was happening. I mean, arguably so. You see your team, you see the boat sinking. You ask the captain what's going on, don't you? But uh, I don't know. It's it was it was hard to swallow if you're a Madrid fan. Fun to watch if you're standing by. But yeah, mm-hmm. it was interesting. And for you, Toby, uh, Schalke without it uh, becoming second um, previous season now 14th. <laughs> Absolutely horrible to watch them as well. Like no desire there, nothing. It's it's quite boring. Could have been relegated for all I cared the way they played. Um, but yeah, absolutely disappointing. Mm-hmm. And uh, surprise of the season in Serie A, Zaniolo and Moise Kane. Mm. Like the future of for Italy is really bright. Honestly, yeah. they played wonderful. They are two great. Moise Kane was a big surprise, wasn't he? Because he was one that you sort of think a sort of Juventus youngster is he actually that good and then when he played he was bloody brilliant. He's, yeah. brilliant he's brilliant like uh, Juventus did a great job in order to keep him because Raiola was pushing mm-hmm. him out of, of Juventus back in the summer even in January uh, Allegri is the kind of coach who doesn't want to like throw youngsters in, in the pitch but whenever King played he has been wonderful he's already scored like I think three goals for Italy in his mm. first three games so I think that the, again the future for the national team is really bright mm. Mine would be in Spain, uh, Danny Parejo from Valencia. He's always been the captain of the team. He's always been you know, a big part of the squad, but he, boy, did he step up this year. I mean, every single game he was key. He did. He had a really, really good season. I mean, you could argue he's probably a candidate for like player of the, of, the, of the year in the Liga also, like one of those big ones. But had Valencia achieved a bit more and had, not, had the beginning of the season been a bit less complicated, maybe he would have been on that status of being player of the season. But he's definitely a player who was outstanding, point being that he, you know, he worked his way back into the national team as well. So you can see a, a a very very productive year for for Barry Home. And you, Toby? Uh, I have to go for two options here. Um, Jaden Sancho, first of all, because um, well we knew he's good before, but like he's been one of the the key players for Dortmund all season, like one of the best players all season in, in, in the Bundesliga. Like what a bloke to watch! Like really really so much fun. And also I'll go for Wolfsburg uh, last season playoffs, um, nearly got relegated, now qualified for Europe. And no one literally has seen that um, coming. Mm. They uh, signed that Dutch striker Vekhorst. Uh, yeah. Um, who's like a very old-fashioned, almost like Luca Toni kind of striker, and, <laughs> and that's the way Wolfsburg's playing football. Like they've got a good striker up front, and that um, that was it. Yeah, that works. <laughs> yeah, it was surprising, surprisingly well uh, that worked out for them. So yeah, give 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 them credit for that. Jolly good. Well, we're nearly at the end of the show. Um, we've got a few minutes left, though. There's been a bit of sort of doom and gloom in the British press, particularly this week in the wake of uh, Manchester City's treble. And you know, we've spoken a lot about this uh, on the podcast, and even today. You know the sort of dominance of certain teams in in leagues and whether football's becoming a bit unbalanced and whether a European Super League is the answer which everybody is sort of like you know totally against it seems isn't it but we've got an email in, email in from Jeffrey Keel he says every time I hear the prospects of a European Super League on the podcast it's described as sad or unfortunate I understand why as it would pretty much kill all hope for glory for any fans of non-big clubs but that's hardly different from the system in place now what about the upsides of a Super League imagine being able to watch Champions League quarterfinal level games every single week imagine having the top 500 players in the world all in one league wouldn't it be fantastic to have, to have a serious multi-team title race every single season I for one think it would be thrilling this Comments, please. Who wants to start? Got a very, very good point there. But yeah. um, I, for one, I love the Bundesliga the way it is, even though it's boring. But that's 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 my league. I've been growing up mm. with, and I would hate to see it like being moved to like midweek, um, like Wednesday, Tuesday. Like we now watch Champions League. I'd absolutely hate that. And I think from a fan perspective as well, um, it's a lot more travelling for these these fans, you know. And that's I, it, I, I know yeah. there is a lot of, of fans yeah. who travel to every home or end away game and. 
um, imagine that instead of like, like traveling, let's say from from Munich, Stuttgart, Cologne, Hamburg, even while you have to, to London, travel to, to Madrid, Madrid London, yeah. and like Italy all the time, um, that's something like I think. Obviously, if I will not take that into account at all, but you know, um, I like I like I like my Saturday football half for Bundesliga yeah. when the kickoff is, and I like my top game every now and then on a Saturday night or even on a Friday. But um, yeah, I think. F- from my personal taste can we just please keep it that way if you want to have your Super League have it have it midweeks then but um, yeah. it's, it's going to kill national football a I mean, we bit, already have it? a Super League with the Champions League is what I would say yeah. really yeah. now we have the best of both worlds alright there is a problem with leagues being a bit you know lopsided as we said I think there is a, another way to fix that that isn't just let's get rid of all the top teams yeah, yeah. And if, as, as there a, will be another top team because like if, if, if you get rid of let's say Bayern in, in Germany then it will be Dortmund the second big, biggest team that'll be the team to beat every year mm-hmm. and they'll clinch 7 out of 10 titles well yeah but then get rid of Juventus then you have probably yeah, Napoli at the moment maybe. To, me, to me the problem with Super League is not like it's the way that okay you have probably I don't know Real Madrid against Barcelona in the Super League on, uh, on November it's not guarantee of show like uh, for instance you know following the American leagues the yeah. regular season is not always great mm-hmm. at no. some point it, it's, even, it gets, it even gets like tall. big teams at some point they just throw like bench players they don't want to play those games so I think at some point the European the Super League will turn to that point I think a lot will be in the creation of the Super League will be linked into what the UEFA will do against Manchester City because that will be a turning point because mm-hmm. if they really go hard against them that would be like a breaking point to me. Honestly, there's mm. not, there's no going back from uh, from that. For punish Manchester City, one of the richest club in UEFA, punish them. You're not going back. Like you create, like you polarize to mm. to figure out who wants yeah. the Super League, who doesn't want the Super League. Honestly, so you say UEFA shouldn't punish Manchester City. Then. That's <laughs> official. Don't if you listen to UEFA, just let them off. I hope so because, because if, if they punish Manchester <laughs> City, <Andrea's spoken>. then, <laughs> if they punish Manchester City, then for Milan, there's no chances to be like saved from yeah. it. Honestly. <laughs> Yeah, well, so really, it's it's that. I mean, it, it's polarizing because of what it means and entails. But I mean, if you look at it from a cold perspective, like taking obviously not into the way UEFA would take it into account, it's like, look, we have the same champion in Germany for the last seven years. Italy's what the eighth or ninth year already. It's I uh, saw so the Opto stats. It's like this is this it's the is first time the in ninety something years yeah. that all champions repeat basically mm-hmm. something like the that. five majors league. Yeah, we have yeah. the back to back champions. It's insane. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's an argument very in favor of speaking of a league that would, so to speak up the ante to these clubs like have them all kill each other for for that title but at the same time yeah but at the same time excitement would be there but honestly yeah. I've got enough excitement in my football life it's like, true I mean it was a good Champions season Champions yeah. League quarterfinal with Bayern is enough for me one yeah. playoff semi-final with Leeds is enough for me. I don't need that every weekend I just don't need it it'd be good to watch yeah. I think that maybe just, just the problem is not necessarily create a Super League <coughs> right off scratch like grab the Champions League mm-hmm. see what bits and pieces need to adjust and work with that I mean I'm pretty sure that if you want more I don't know games, which is probably what mm. they're looking for. Just have to pull like instead of eight groups of four, have four groups of eight or something. Yeah. Like pull them together and have a different concept or something. Yep. But yeah, that would entail all of those thirty-two teams having basically two squads, right? So yeah, yeah. I mean, my, my view in it is, I think it would be a disaster for the match-going fan. Yeah, you definitely. Couldn't, you couldn't go and watch exactly. your team play yeah, away hardly yeah. ever. True. So the stand, the stadiums would be like half going empty. On holiday every time you do that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, what happens when one or two teams start dominating the Super League? Then everyone what gets do upset do about that. You've already got PS, teams like PSG, Barcelona. You know, Juventus who are obsessed with the idea of winning the Champions League. What if they don't have that option anymore? The, the, the option of winning their own league anymore? They never win anything. Then everyone's unhappy, aren't they? It's just. Yeah. 
Having said all that, that would be mighty interesting to watch, wouldn't it? That would well, make a yeah. good movie. I mean, <laughs> I think that would fast track the demise of football very quickly. I, I think, think so it too. Just, yeah. if, I think it boils yeah. down to that, like what's the impact on the long run to, to the sport? Mm-hmm. And it's turning, well, yeah, it's creating the NBA in football, isn't it? And it's a very different cosmos. So I don't I like, think it is like necessarily you're, you're suggesting like, uh, let's keep the Champions League the way it is. And if UEFA needs to change something, then look at this very closely. What can you change there if you absolutely need to make even more money for the love of God? Go for it. Yeah, but, do something. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, fine. Just don't, don't, actively like participate in that process of destroying football and I think the, the effects of it you wouldn't only feel that in, in like national leagues on a professional level I think this would all go down to, to, to every sort of like fibre of football and, and I, f- I think they really really need to be careful with that mm-hmm. yeah Absolutely. Well, on that uh, glum note. <laughs> well, that that's so sad. <laughs> that's Football's all we've got over, time guys, for. Uh, more bad news. We're going to take a little break uh, from the podcast. We'll be back after the Champions League final to talk about the Champions League final and the Europa League final. So that'll be around the 3rd of June, I think. Uh, until then, thank you to Andrea, Daniel and Toby for coming on. Thank you to you guys for listening at home and we'll catch you next time.